Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hi, guys. So far, we've spoken to people and projects from Singapore, China, Hong Kong, and India. Today, I'm very excited to speak to John Jones all the way from Taipei, Taiwan. John is the founder of the Taiwan Blockchain Alliance and the CEO of BlockCamp, a blockchain incubator and ICO consulting firm. In addition, he's also a co-founder at BlockCity, the largest blockchain and fintech event in Taiwan. BlockCity recently hosted a blockchain festival over the Easter weekend, and we'll be speaking to John to get all the scoop from the event. Finally, John is the president of the Taiwan chapter of the Government Blockchain Association, a nonprofit that works for the advancement and adoption of the blockchain technology in the public sector. Originally from the US, John has been based out of Taiwan for the last eight years. Welcome to the show, John. Tushar, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so delighted to be able to represent Taiwan on your podcast. It's okay. great. So it seems like you have a lot going on and I want to dig into each of the projects that you're involved with. But before that, could you tell us about your background, how you landed up in Taiwan and your journey in the blockchain space? Sure. I think uh, my journey is quite interesting and maybe quite long to share. But if I was to fast forward, I grew up in upstate New York. And when I was 17, I moved with my parents to Cameroon, Africa. And I was there for two years. My parents were uh, working for an NGO that taught about, that educated people about AIDS and and HIV. And so I was there for two years and from there, I moved by myself uh, back to the States and ended ended up in California uh, where I studied at UC Berkeley. I studied political economy there. And from there, uh, during my time at Berkeley, I came to Taiwan. And uh, because one of my friends, at the time my girlfriend, decided, you know, for me (laughs) to come to Taiwan and check it out. So I came here to study Chinese and went back to the States, graduated uh, during uh, around 2011. Now, during this time, uh, the U.S. was going through uh, a recession. So I thought, why why not go to Taiwan and, you know, maybe Taiwan is a better place for entrepreneurship. And that's what I thought at the time. So I came here. I started, um, like a lot of foreigners do, I just started uh, teaching English and then I went into consulting. And then eventually I was consulting for a international real estate firm here in Taiwan. And uh, I thought, well, okay, I can do this part time. And in the meantime, I, I maybe three or f- actually four years ago now, we uh, together with my co-founder, Jeremy, we created Taiwan entrepreneur club and so our Taiwan entrepreneur club had weekly or bi-weekly meetups where we felt that there was a lack here in Taiwan of entrepreneurs and lack of uh, people get getting together and sharing their ideas so we created Taiwan entrepreneur club and through that around two years ago getting like starting from our blockchain journey uh, I learned and we learned about ethereum and I got, you know, people came to our meetups and people came to our entrepreneur events every week talking about Bitcoin mining and then talking about Ethereum and smart contracts. So it really got me interested and I really dove down the rabbit hole 
of information that blockchain that blockchain has. I'm, I'm sure you and your users are aware of the amount of information out there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, because I was in real estate at the time, I really felt like, wow, uh, blockchain uh, using smart contracts could really disrupt almost every industry, including the real estate industry. So the first thing I thought of is how like contracts and lawyers and different intermediaries that exist in real estate and really make it quite inefficient would actually re would really change and 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 by using smart contract it would cr make the real estate market a liquid market we're basically putting putting a title deed creating a like private key for a title deed and having smart contracts and creating a new marketplace for real estate that for me was quite exciting so yeah, um, that's what got me into it. And then of course there's a lot of, uh, at that time I, I thought, okay, smart contracts, that's great. So Ethereum, are there any other competitors for Ethereum? Are there any other platforms? So I went to coinmarketcap.com and I started looking at the you know, top 100 coins, top 200 coins or tokens. And I tried to see which ones were other platforms that would eventually compete with Ethereum. And so that's actually what, what made me find AntShares. And if uh, maybe the viewers, if, if they know or not, AntShares used, uh, is now called NEO. And so <laughs> AntShares was, you know, very interesting at the time because the logo was like, a, of course, like a cartoon ant. And um, anyway, I, I looked into it and I found out, wow, this team is high. And they already have a proof of stake system, which Ethereum uh, later on is moving towards. So I thought, wow, that's really exciting. And uh, so I immediately, you know, speculated and invested in, in AntShares and uh, now NEO. That went very well. And um, the, the story keeps on going. <laughs> yeah. But basically, I tried to become the uh, and, and became the NEO representative in Taiwan. Then I went to the Neo DevCon in San Francisco, especially because I went to school in the Bay Area. I felt like, wow, that's perfect. I'll go to the Neo DevCon and with the purpose of trying to bring Neo to Taiwan. So a big part of BlockCamp is that we want to bring platforms and, and, and make platforms have uh, really view Taiwan as a place of focus. So yeah, we, uh, we then did, we, we brought Neo here. And we had a great event and we did the first Neo hackathon in the world. And that oh, was wow. in Taiwan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know, at the time we didn't even, we didn't even know it was the first one. We just thought, Hey, let's do this. And so I really pushed for it. And, uh, and sorry, was when was this? Sorry, uh, this was, this was like a month ago. Yeah, actually, no, this was actually two, uh, it's a month, a month and a half ago, month yeah. and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. This was during the, uh, ne the Neo Asia, um, tour. Okay. Right. Well, that's a very interesting journey indeed, you know, especially making your way across continents. So you mentioned the Taiwan Entrepreneur Club. How has right. it evolved over time? You know, are there any major differences that you see in terms of the people that are, that are getting involved or their attitude yes. towards entrepreneurship? Yeah, yeah. So actually, it's funny, when we first started uh, the club, this was like three years ago, people were thinking about VR and augmented reality, and that that was the next big thing. And uh, I remember being excited about that a little bit. But then you had a new round of people that would come to events and say, hey, AI, this is the next big thing. 
And so people's focus have been bouncing around to different new technologies and different areas of, of you know, entrepreneurship or where to focus. And then blockchain came about, right, through, through Ethereum. And I really felt like that was, like blockchain is an entrepreneur's dream because it's, it's like an internet, like two, two or 3.0, uh, where you actually have a protocol set up that allows for certain incentives new incentive models, new business models using tokens. And th this kind of incentive is great for entrepreneurship and it's great for small, medium and large businesses to get involved. So I really felt like uh, blockchain really picked up Taiwan to start thinking more on an entrepreneur level because it's a new fundraising model as well. So yeah, I think that transformation of, of hopping from focusing on one technology to the other, but then blockchain comes with these new incentives that can be applied to most of the tech fields. I think that was quite revolutionary. So out of the four major activities that you're involved with, I'm presuming that BlockCamp, the incubator, takes most of your time. Is that correct? Yes, uh, BlockCamp takes 95 to 99% of my time. <laughs> and so I'm presuming you, uh, you're spending 110 or 120% of your time these days out of, for the other three activities. Yeah, so it's it's quite a lot of work. Um, yeah, I can imagine. But yeah, but for BlockCamp, so we uh, we set out the goal uh, to be a blockchain accelerator. Like yeah. this is this is what we aspire to be. And but as you know, in 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 blockchain, it's quite a new industry. It's moving fast. So we've really decided that the best thing for us to do is to move slow in a fast moving industry. And what I mean by that is that we don't want to uh, we don't want to for example as as an accelerator block camp itself just do an ico and raise a lot of money because we feel like that would be we wouldn't be building a foundation for ourselves we wouldn't build be be building like for example the taiwan blockchain ecosystem that way so we've decided to focus and slowly and build out the ecosystem in taiwan build out the community and so actually 90 to 95% of what we're doing you know, people from an external point of view see us doing is events. And so this is really because we're really trying to build out the ecosystem first. And second, our, our, our second goal or our second level for our accelerator is then to start advising companies. Actually, we're already advising companies, but they're, they're under the radar. So I can't, I can't mention them today. But um, yeah, our, our second stage, which has already begun, is to help advise companies, um, good companies, and help them build out their, their token economic model, build out their, their marketing, and really help them with PR and events and, and roadshows. I'm just trying to understand and get a picture of what you guys do at BlockCamp. Is it a structured program? Do you guys accept applications? Or is it that you start working with companies as and when they come? That's a really good question because actually, like I mentioned before, that this is a very fast moving industry. A lot of projects, a lot of uh, teams are at different stages of growth. And so what we'd like to be is an end to end service. But we've, what we've found in the short term is that uh, there's a lot of companies, projects, teams that have uh, certain needs, but they don't need everything. So it's, it's uh, most teams are not end to end service. And um, so what we found ourselves doing is consulting, helping companies uh, with, uh, 
you know, understanding their token model or helping companies with funding or just doing an event for company, it's companies. It's been, been very, a little bit scattered or organic, so to speak. But our goal is to have more of a structured program. And so uh, we have partnerships uh, coming up that uh, have this idea to have this structure. And this is something that is coming and uh, I can talk more about in the near future. Sure. Do you get companies where the team is just at an ideation stage and they want to get your feedback in terms of whether this is actually a viable business or if, if this opportunity is actually worth pursuing? Or is it typically, you know, companies come to you at a more advanced stage when they actually need some kind of help in terms of refining their white paper or with marketing efforts, like you mentioned? Right. So the idea stage companies are what I call white paper white paper teams and we typically don't help those out because it's a lot of time it's time consuming and uh, oftentimes there's not much backing up those projects Uh, there's a lot to be done to make it legitimate and it's really hard to understand the legitimacy of a project through just the idea i think people have told me someone told me that the idea is not what's valuable it's the execution right so uh, we there's ideas everyone everyone has similar ideas right uh, putting putting real estate on the blockchain putting uh, uber on the blockchain so so many people have these ideas but it's actually really the team the initial team and the uh, imp, the the later on implementation that's really important so we don't usually we don't usually even consider white paper companies are there any interesting startups that you've consulted for or incubated that you would like to talk about so the, the, the projects that we're currently working with I, are under the radar, so I can't really talk about them sure. as of now. Yeah. But as I mentioned before, we helped a lot of companies at very different stages of, of their, their process of their, of their growth. And um, I, I guess the ones that we can talk about are ones that we've helped do, not fundraising, but we've helped them promote and bring awareness to their project. So, yeah. And uh, I, I can name some like Polyswarm, Right. Gifto, Datum, Sense Token, that's with Crystal Rose, uh, Brock Pierce's wife, Aptoid, uh, Litecoin, Funders Token. So we, and, and the list goes on and on. We've, we've, a lot of, um, a lot of projects are now looking at Taiwan as a very interesting place in the world, as you might be aware of. It's a part, or it is close to China. It has relationships with China, but it isn't politically and, and culturally. Taiwan is a quite interesting land- landscape, and I know we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about uh, the politics and, and the government side as we go on. You know, you, you mentioned marketing. Is there a particular tactic that you deploy? Uh, do, you have, uh, do you just leverage on your existing network, or do you guys have a Telegram group, or how, how does it exactly work, or you have a Facebook group? I'm just trying to figure out how you actually help these projects. Yeah, gain that's a good power. question. Yeah, so uh, I, uh, I think we are a little bit, like I said, we are moving slow in a fast-moving industry. Because of our background with Taiwan Entrepreneur Club and through meetups, we have a, more of an um, organic style of marketing in the local, in, in the local market in Taiwan. And, and that's by uh, creating a community and creating, a, tr- creating trust in the community slowly, right? By doing events, and we have uh, we do have 
we do have uh, we don't have a Telegram group. We ha actually uh, the popular chat app in Taiwan is Line, right. L I N E, and so we do have a Line group. But that group is getting so large that we're thinking of moving to something like Telegram or uh, Discord. I actually find Discord quite interesting because um, Telegram seems to be a chat group where everyone and anyone can make moon comments or or anything but we uh i think we are focused more on um the tech side and we're focused on building a strong community and not not exactly a uh everyone can join type community so i th I'm, we're looking right now at at uh yeah different maybe discord to be a good option but yeah like i like i said before we are we have been focusing on doing events uh, networking events, ICO roadshows, focusing on um, education, and and by doing this and having people come physically out to to meet and talk with each other, it builds out a stronger foundation of community, and I I, I feel like that's quite important. Yeah, you mentioned education. I mean, this is something that we're trying to do at Decrypt Asia as well. You know, I feel there's a huge lack of knowledge and awareness about this space in general. So what we try to do is create educational content and through interviews with people like yourself, try to bring about more awareness in the community. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, the blockchain festival that you organized recently. Give us a little sense of the event, you know, who were the participants, what projects participated in the event and you know, what was the overall vibe like? Okay, yeah. So the the event was called Block City, and wow, what an amazing experience! So actually, this event was uh, co-hosted together uh, with Block Camp, uh, our blockchain accelerator, and Block Tempo. Block right. Tempo is a media group in Taiwan, and they they focus on education and news, and they also we uh, co-host events together. So they're a great partner. So Block City was very interesting because actually originally I was a little bit wary of doing it in such a short period of time because actually we only had about three weeks from, from initial planning to, to the, the actual conference. And I th <laughs> this oh, wow. for me was, was yeah. pretty crazy. And I, yeah. I actually didn't want to, to do it, but we did it anyway. And it, it turned out to be a, a success. Uh, Everybody I talked to that came to the event was happy and they were so glad that we were putting Taiwan on the map for blockchain. And we have uh, our, our, with our connections, BlockCamp, we know so many people in the industry, some big players, uh, platforms like Neo and Cardano and of course with Ethereum. And we could have really brought those players to the events if it was planned out at least a couple of months ahead of time. But this time we did it within three weeks and we got some good teams. We have, um, and we were pretty happy with the results. We included a lot of the Taiwan uh, blockchain scene companies here. And uh, yeah, we were really happy with, with the amount of interesting information that was shared. And actually personally, <laughs> I don't know if you've been to many events, but usually the panel discussions are quite, not as interesting, but I really was interested in the panel discussions that we've had. And uh, we had, we talked about regulation and uh, uh, some interesting topics. So I was really, really happy. Uh, I was happy that I decided to go forward with the, this event, but I have to tell you, 
doing this event within three weeks time, I re I crashed afterwards. I was so tired and I was so, uh, I was, I had to de-stress for at least a week. <laughs> I, can, but, I can totally but, imagine. I mean, I think events are stressful anyway and to pull it off. Yeah. 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 So it was a great, it was a great event. And, um, our next one, which, uh, will, we will announce soon will be, uh, at least three or four months. We'll give people a, at least three or four months notice beforehand. So, we will maybe we can we can let you know ahead of time and we can have really great teams join even sure. greater than than this time and what about the participants were there mostly you know young people entrepreneurs or you had some bankers and lawyers accountants coming in in taiwan the uh, because we did the event in such short notice a lot of young people I think it was a bit pricey for a lot of young people just to join so quickly. So right. we did have a lot of industry players come and that was actually quite good. And uh, we, we had, we did have a system where we gave discounts to students and we gave out some tickets. And so we really wanted to have a balanced crowd at the event. And so I'd say it was, it was mostly industry people, but we did have a good amount of young people, young entrepreneurs, especially people that have been in the blockchain scene for the last year or two. Um, I think in total with in the in the two days of the event, we had around 600 people come and I feel like that that was oh, quite, wow. uh, yeah. it was quite amazing to do that in such a short time. And even it was it was amazing. Even some people came from uh, countries like Vietnam and Hong Kong and Japan. I was surprised that people would come in such short notice. So let's talk about the Taiwan Blockchain Alliance. If I understand correctly, the Taiwan Blockchain Alliance is about bringing in communities together as well as companies to support the development of the ecosystem in general. And so BlockCamp and BlockCity would be the stakeholders that come under the broader umbrella of the alliance, right? Well, yeah, I think currently uh, with Taiwan Blockchain Alliance, uh, we, are, we are still building it out. It's, um, the goal is for it to be a self-regulatory organization, so an SRO of companies and communities in Taiwan. And hopefully, currently, it does fall under the umbrella of BlockCamp and uh, BlockTempo and BlockCity, but uh, the goal is for it to be uh, yeah, self-regulatory. And uh, hopefully, we'll build out a more decentralized way of, of running the organization. But for now, we're just giving spotlight to companies and communities here in order for their own benefit to, to be seen by the international world, you know, this, I really uh, made an effort to make this map myself and to be able to promote it to the international community, especially on LinkedIn. So I would want, I want people to see Taiwan as a place where blockchain is flourishing. You mentioned Taiwan as well, and I think it's a good transition point to talk about your involvement with the government blockchain association. And I know a lot of governments around the world, especially governments in Asia, are looking very favorably towards this technology. What is the Taiwan government's take on this technology? How are they viewing it? So I, I am an advisor for the, the, gov the Taiwan government here in Taiwan with uh, Jason Xu, who is a politician. He is a legislator. Okay. And we, you know, we have talks with the central bank and the uh, different organizations that are dealing with understanding how to regulate and look at cryptocurrency, for example, and blockchain technology. And so it's, it's difficult, actually. It's a difficult discussion 
in Taiwan because a lot of people, uh, including the central bank, worry about anti-money laundering issues. And so, and yep. that, that, you know, fall under cryptocurrency. And so it is an issue that might take some time to be able to fully uh, grasp how to regulate it in the right way. In terms of blockchain technology, Taiwan is, Taiwan government is very bullish about the possibilities of implementing blockchain in government, in smart cities, in companies and everything. So Taiwan loves blockchain. The government here is very supportive. They've said it. I've heard them say it many times. It's just how, figuring out how to um, understand anti-money laundering laws and how to um, look at cryptocurrency in something that will benefit Taiwan and not be, be a way for capital flight, for example. Yeah, I think most governments around the world are grappling with that. And right. I, think, I think it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. I mean, so my personal view is that we'll have cryptocurrencies that will not be entirely crypto in nature. So, you know, if you and I do transactions, you know, that's fine. And the general public cannot view it. But the regulatory body, the law enforcement agencies will actually be able to see those transactions if they want to. But that's my view. I'm not sure if, how it's going to play out or what the actual you know, scenario is going to be. But I, I personally believe that it's not going to be 100% decentralized. Yeah, you're right. I think the technology is there. Um, you can use something called zero knowledge proof yeah. to be able to uh, share some information but hide other personal information. So... Yeah, with blockchain, uh, the technology is there to implement that. And that could, yeah, that could definitely be a way of, of how governments can essentially control or at least monitor cryptocurrency. I am, I'm, I'm quite positive that Taiwan hopefully is able to move quickly because I feel like there's a, a, a small window of opportunity for Taiwan to actually uh, regulate or accept blockchain and cryptocurrency. I really feel like there's a small window and, I, and uh, I'm working hard to advise different organizations to do and to, to, to act in the right way so we can really make Taiwan a place similar to when people think of good regulations for blockchain, they think of Singapore or Japan, or they, they look at countries in Europe uh, like Malta and Gibraltar, and they see that these countries are attracting all this foreign talent, attracting all, there's actually capital in flight. There's money coming in because of this. So uh, I hope Taiwan can re really realize that there's a great opportunity to regulate uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency in the right way and to do it fast. What does your roadmap look like over the multiple projects that you're involved with over the next 12 to 18 months? Are there any particular goals that you have or activities where you sort of want to make a bigger push? Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, we're uh, helping advising some teams currently. And our goal is actually to, to help more, um, more teams per month or per quarter uh, to really make their business model more clear, uh, help them with their token economic model and um, help them you know, really raise a, the right amount of money and become the right kind of company afterwards. So yeah, I think our goal is to, to really help create businesses that are successful and do well, and really um, make a, a, an impact on the world. And, and actually, hopefully, hopefully most of these teams will come from Taiwan. And so we can really help Taiwan 
be seen as a place for development, as a place for implementation of blockchain. And yeah, I'm really, I really hope that we can push good teams out, that we can put Taiwan on the map, and that we can actually, like I mentioned before, we can, with our uh, potential partners that we have, create a more structured blockchain accelerator, you know, really push out more teams to the world. Yeah, I think it's great what you're doing. I mean, you know, developing the whole ecosystem, supporting entrepreneurs, helping them grow, getting them funding. I think it's absolutely crucial. And I think that's what we need at this stage. Before we wrap up, I want to get your outlook on the blockchain space in general. You obviously meet a lot of startups. Do you see any trends? Do you, do you have a view on where all of this is heading over the next you know, 12 months or so? Yeah. So as we know, 2017 was a very big year. We saw a lot of growth in a lot of the platform tokens and cryptocurrency, yeah. uh, including Ethereum, uh, NEO, Cardano, uh, EOS, List. There's so many of the platforms that did quite well. So I think a lot of the, the blockchain space in general is also it correlates with the prices, you know, the hype and the enthusiasm. So it, it, it correlates with, with the price going up and then, it, you know, the, the, the space kind of evolves as the prices kind of then go back down. So it's interesting uh, because when the prices are high, you have so many people entering into the market and so many people attending events. And then as price decreases, uh, then you see less people coming out. Maybe people are hiding under their covers. But I find that the, the best time to um, push your business, if you're a blockchain company, uh, is is during the downturn because you're you're able to uh, you're really able to stand out and shine and show that you are legitimate that you're still in the industry you care about the ecosystem and yeah I just really push people now during this downturn to build something to build something great while other people are sleeping. Any last comments from your end? What social media platforms can people follow you on or the developments of your company? I really like LinkedIn uh, currently. You can find me at John Jones and you can type in block camp. Also, you can check out our Taiwan Blockchain Alliance and our Facebook is Asia Block Camp. So you can follow us on Facebook. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, that's it for now. Uh, social media is important. Uh, it's something that we need to focus more on. But as I said before, we're very about being in the moment and having uh, people come to events and, and being in person. It's, it's a very strange thing because we're, because of the internet and blockchain, we're able to kind of decentralize, right? And we can be in different parts of the world. But I'm a, I'm a very strong believer of being in the moment and being in a physical place. But uh, yeah, please, you can follow us on, on, on uh, LinkedIn and, and uh, our Facebook. Yeah, well, I'll put the links in the show notes. On okay. that note, let's end this interview. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come speak with us, John. It was an absolute Tushar. pleasure to have you on the show. Tushar, thank you so much. Uh, I'm really so happy that you, you chose me to represent Taiwan. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram. And subscribe to our newsletter on decrypt.asia. This is your host, Tashar. Thank you for listening.